This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to Tennessee Talks. Today, I'm really honored to be joined by Jamie Dangers, the Legislative Director for Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, which is a network of nearly a million Americans who are fighting to protect life across the nation. Jamie grew up doing orphan care ministry in Uganda. You say Uganda or Uganda? Uganda. Okay, then I'll just say Uganda then, because I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> and, uh, and then came to work on Capitol Hill, where she spent several years passionately pushing for legislation to protect unborn babies. She eventually moved over to Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, where she still works with folks in Congress to get them the resources they needed to continue the fight for life. She's worked on this issue for many years and knows it backwards and forwards. I'm glad she's here today to talk about such an important topic. I know it's important to me and a lot of the folks that are watching this. And I want to note, we're recording this before the Supreme Court releases its final ruling on the Dobbs versus Jackson case, which everybody has been calling it Roe versus Wade, but that's not exactly it. And Jamie, thank you for joining me on Tennessee Talks. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, sir. I was wondering, could you offer us a quick crash course on exactly uh, what is in Dobbs versus Jackson case and what does it have to do with Roe versus Wade? Absolutely. So first of all, I'll just say what Roe versus Wade is. Uh, it was a case back in 1973 where the Supreme Court ruled that somehow in the Constitution, they found a right to an abortion. And the case used a standard called viability. Um, they said that if the unborn child is viable, meaning they could survive outside of the womb, um, then there were cases when abortion could be regulated. But before viability, abortion should be available to women. The Dobbs case, 49 years later, is about a law coming out of Mississippi, their Gestational Age Act, which limits abortion at 15 weeks gestational age. By any definition, 15 weeks is pre-viability. So it does contradict the Roe versus Wade standard. And when the Supreme Court took up the Dobbs case, the question that they said they would answer in this case is whether all pre-viability bans are unconstitutional. So that gets to the heart of Roe versus Wade, and that's why Dobbs is so closely uh, intertwined with Roe. But I think it's also important to note that if the court does overturn Roe versus Wade, that doesn't mean that abortion is illegal in all of America. It just means the Constitution doesn't say it has to be legal. And so the right. decision can be decided by the people and their elected representatives. You think that, uh, and I know that what the answer is, is just sort of uh, a facetious question, but do you think that that overturning Roe versus Wade would um, ruin women's rights, like the pro-abortion activists claim? I mean, they've got all this, you know, it's going to attack LGBTQ. It's just all this stuff across the board that has absolutely, to me personally, from what I've read, it doesn't have anything to do with it, but go ahead. I have heard that. Uh so many times and as an American woman, I find it offensive and appalling that they that some people would say that my 
rights include the ability to kill my unborn child um, for me to right. be equal under the law. And um, I have all the rights that I need. I have equal protection under the law. I have due process, you know, all freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I'll have those if Roe is overturned or if it is not overturned. And the rights of unborn baby girls to live, those are the rights that have been taken away because of Roe. Some 33 million baby girls have died, have not been given the basic right to life since Roe. So if Roe's overturned, I think finally we can uh, apply equal rights even to unborn baby girls. What do you think overturning Roe v. Wade would mean for Tennesseans? Um, you know, Tennessee has the trigger law, of course, and um, uh, it would classify providing abortion as a class C felony. And it, um, it, seeks, it would prosecute the doctors, not the women who perform. You know, perform is kind of a, an easy word, I, I, it's, but it's not perform. It's, it's literally killing a child to me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, Tennessee has done a fantastic job of getting ready for this moment. Um, they, as you know, there were pro-life laws on the books in Tennessee before Roe versus Wade happened. Uh, and then a lot of cleanup work has had to be done over the years. So you mentioned the, the trigger law. That is really important because it's, uh, that will go into effect 30 days after a trigger happens. And one of those triggers is Roe versus Wade being overturned. There is an exception uh, to, uh, to protect the life of the mother, uh, if that is necessary. And um, so Tennessee is, is getting ready to, um, to make abortion illegal in most cases, which is really, which is wonderful and also gives Tennessee a huge opportunity to uh, be creative in caring for moms who find themselves in difficult situations. Yeah. I like the way you put that. Now, over the past several weeks, mm -hmm. I've seen where pregnancy centers, I think in about 20 different cities, or maybe even more now, they've been violently attacked. And it's not being carried, of course, in the national news. They're not, it's against their agenda um, to show any of that. I'm sure they're just saying it's a First Amendment right to do these. But many of these attacks were done in the name of one pro-abortion group called Jane's Revenge. And they also, they put, recently put up posters in DC encouraging folks to riot if Roe v. Wade, of course, is overturned. And the poster said, um, to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either. I wonder what, you're, what are your thoughts on activists like Jane's Revenge getting violent over this issue? And I'll say for me personally, uh, immediately my thought is anger, but then it's pity. I feel so sorry. I've seen some of these people and they are just horribly miserable people. And I, and, and some of them I know have had some horrible abuse. And, you know, as somebody who tries to be a Christian, I, I, I pray for folks like that. I get, I get mad. That's my first gut instinct, but I, I know uh, that that's not a Christian like manner. And so I, I, I try to turn that immediately to pity and I pray for them because I know, like I said, too many times I've, I've talked to too many um, young ladies in my life who have had abortions and it is a very emotional and has left eternal, I mean, lifelong scars, I feel. 
Go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm sorry. This is your deal. I shouldn't be talking so much. I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I've seen those posters. I've parked by them on Capitol Hill. And it's, it is very sad. Like you said, that they, that some people think their, um, the proper response is violence. Um, pregnancy centers have been, as you mentioned, targeted over the last couple of months, especially since the leak draft opinion came out in, in this Dobbs case. And our, our research and education arm, the Charlotte Lozier Institute, just put out a paper yesterday showing that since 2016, pregnancy centers have saved over 800,000 lives. And yet these are the same entities that are being targeted with violence. They're being firebombed, they're being vandalized. And I just think it's so ironic that these you know, volunteers, many of them not paid volunteers, uh, are offering services mostly for free to support women and families and to actually empower women um, to say to women, we believe that you can have a baby and you know, whatever the case may be and helping them through their difficult circumstances that they may find themselves in. That is the loving and proper response. And yet uh, groups like Jane's Revenge for some reason uh, are being allowed to do this and their behavior is in a lot of ways going unchecked. I appreciate so many members of Congress have been raising this issue to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, asking for help, asking for protection for those entities. But this is, it's such a raw and emotional issue, like you said, for so many people. And we really, as a pro-life movement, we, we are very loving people. And I think that we need to pray that our response to the hateful behavior of these other people is strong, but also loving, like you said, praying for them is such a wonderful example. Great. Um, right now, it seems like well, it is actually a fact that us uh, pro-life legislators were the minority in Congress. How can we fight right now when pro-life bills are not going to make it to the floor? The spe- Speaker Pelosi, as a Catholic, I still can't understand how these these Catholics do this, but they're not allowing any legislation dealing with abortion to get to the floor, and mm-hmm. um, except in their when it's in their favor what what can we do as legislators do you feel well i think that americans are looking to see what members of congress are for and right now like you said there are some pretty extreme abortion bills that speaker pelosi and chuck schumer have put on the floor and so we can we can show america some of these extreme uh, bills that are far out of step of what the American people want, but right. it's also important to show well what what, what would you do if you were in the majority? And do you, you know Americans are trying to decide who deserves to be in the majority next Congress. So I think you know and Congressman, you've you've co-sponsored so many important pro-life bills, and we so appreciate that. Um, showing showing the compassionate side reminding people that we're not out there to punish women by any means we're there to help and encourage them that there's a better way and you know laws or bills before they become law can be um 
they can be educative for American people. And so when you talk about the heartbeat of the unborn child, when you talk about the fact that they can feel pain by at least 15 weeks of gestation, these are all facts that teach the American people about the humanity of the unborn child. So even though you aren't the ones putting the bills on the floor right now, um, there's a lot that can be done to get ready to make those, um, those bills go very favorably uh, when there is a pro-life majority. And one other thing I would say is that the Biden administration is looking to do whatever it can through executive action to respond yeah. to the Dobbs case. And so congressional oversight, um, making sure that they are not overstepping um, is also going to be crucial. Right. Uh, I guess the most important thing I can ask you is what, what can folks in their communities do uh, to fight for life and, and ultimately help some women who and, and young ladies who feel pressured to abort their child? That is such a great question. One of my, this a few years ago, someone posted on Twitter who was a pro-abortion activist. They posted something like, tell me one way that a pro-life, quote unquote, pro-life person has actually helped women. I'll wait. It was a very snarky tweet. But it was incredible to see the number of people that responded and said, well, I took a young woman into my home when she was pregnant and didn't have anywhere to go. I helped give, um, I helped with uh, her doctor's fees. And, you know, it was just example after example of normal people doing normal neighborly things. So I think sometimes we can be intimidated by, it's a huge problem and I, I don't know what I as one person can do but find out what resources are available near you. Where is your local pregnancy center? If someone comes to you and they are pregnant and they are afraid, are you a safe place? And do you know where, where to go with them to find them help? Can you offer babysitting? Can you throw them a baby shower? Can you take her to her doctor's appointments when she's scared and doesn't know the right questions to ask? You know, there's so many practical uh, just daily life kinds of things uh, that Tennesseans and Americans can do. So members of Congress can do things through the law and members of the community can do a lot through just practical love and service. That's a great answer. I appreciate that. I've often said, I don't, um, I'm not sure if, if uh, you know, I, the biggest concern I have in our country right now is I think we're gonna lose our country. And one of the reasons um, I think that the, that you know the Bible talks about two or more gathered, and um, and I worry about in this country that if, when we we stop standing up for the unborn, if if that's going to be the final straw, and then the Lord allows us just to collapse as a nation, because if you just look at how far we come, uh, you know, there, when I first got up here, there was a bill that said that if you, um, if a baby lives in an abortion, through an abortion, that the doctor, that, that the doctor's not allowed to take that child's life, which we'd seen, we'd seen uh, multiple, you know, there's people in prison now for doing that, but uh, the Democrats blocked that bill and cause they said it didn't exist. I said, well, if it didn't exist, then why, why the heck are you trying to block it? And, you know, 
in re you look in recent history and just some of the the bad actors that we've had and some of the awful things they've done and that ranks right up there with that i feel and so i think we need to be very very careful as a nation but let me end with this uh jamie i always ask people if they want to ask me anything do you have any questions of me oh thank remember you. this is a this is a family podcast <laughs> thank you for the reminder uh i read that when you're in the state legislature you sponsor legislation uh, to protect unborn life, and I would love to hear more about that. Well, I, I always have. Um, it's always been close to my heart. I was in the state legislature with a guy named Bill Dunn, and um, gosh, he, I think he had five kids, homeschooled them all, and him and his wife, or his wife actually, she she ran the local Right to Life organization, still does, as a matter of fact. And life just went off. There we go. Um, those cost-saving methods. Uh, but, and, um, and they're still friends of mine. And so it was just, it's just part of my, my deal. I, I've always, and I've told this story before, sorry, there goes that annoying buzzer, which means absolutely nothing to me. Um, but I, and I told you this earlier, I'll go briefly into it, but right before my mama died, she was, um, she was talking to people that went off, that had gone before she's talking to my daddy and, and her parents and her brother who died in the second world war. And then at one point she looked off and said um and she was looking off i remember and i said mama what are you looking at and she said i'm just looking at all those sweet little babies up there and i thought wow and, you know and i know these scientists and and probably liberal clergy say oh that she wasn't looking off into heaven tim that's just just her endorphins being released or something you know and and they always make excuses for her. but no i think she was i think some people are given that gift and um, she was able to look off into heaven and and um, and in that transition. And shortly thereafter, I mean, she went she went to see the Lord. So um, I've always, to me, it, it has become much more than just you know a, a slogan or whatever. And I, and I always think of my sweet mama. She sure loved babies, and she loved me. Obviously, I'm her own repentant mama's boy. And I was <laughs> I was the youngest, as you can probably tell. And, and so, um, but I really had a special relationship with my mama. She was an incredible lady. So, but anyway, that's, that's sort of where I come from. I guess I get it honestly. Um, and it was just never a question. The life issue was never a question with me, but, um, I, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show, Jamie. And, um, thank you for your time today. I know you're busy, busy lady. Um, and you spent your career fighting through all this bureaucracy here in Washington uh, for this incredible cause, defending life. And I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and issues with me and my viewers and listeners. And I'm Congressman Tim Burchett. And I want to thank y'all for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. We'll see you at the next one. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.